0: What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify,
1: and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast
2: Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that may have spent too much of its life remembering its SIFPOPs. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron.
3: Patrons get perks!
2: Patrons get those
3: perks. That was actually kind of deep, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too much of my uh, life remembering.
2: I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I believe he's guided by law, not fear. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen.
3: You've never been more wrong. Ahoy!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He never said goodbye. He just said, see you down the road. It's Juan Fernandez Mm. Paris, ladies and
1: gentlemen. that was brilliant i have to say hey I listen say.
2: we are we are pleased as punch as the kids say the kids don't say that uh, that, uh, sure that you do. are that you are back with us uh, and it's good to see your smiling face again how are things uh in uh, Puerto Rico where there's not you know I, a foot of snow on the
1: ground I don't I don't want to say cuz I don't want to <laughs> have all the winter hate come my way let's just say that it's not it's not cold people <laughs> uh, it's not cold I'm sure uh, it's not uh, sure. we're doing good i mean my my folks were my folks who are plus 65 were vaccinated this week so i'm oh, happy nice. so we're making progress on that front um and yeah and uh movie theaters are still chugging and uh we're making it work with yeah what's happening yeah so, yeah we're good
2: yeah it's it's been so long that it's one of those things where you almost hesitate to to see that hope and that light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing but i think we're to the place with more and more vaccines and you look at the graph and the way it's coming down right now and you're just like you know I think I'm. I think that thing I'm sensing is hope. I think I think that thing that's creeping up on me is a little bit of a little bit of hope. A little bit, a
1: little bit. I mean, there. I'm sure there are people from Puerto Rico watching now, going like, ah, like you know, sure. like there are issues, but I mean, there is a little bit of a, a of, of light at the end of the tunnel. It does feel if that not way. Light, yeah. We're just, I leave. If it's not a light, we've got some flashlights so we can, you know, <laughs> it's, make it through the tunnel. Fair
3: least.
2: enough. Fair enough.
3: Well, here in the Ozarks, <clears throat> it's a sultry 43 degrees right now. It so. is. It's nice. It got up into the 40s. Yeah, it did. Hey, so compared, compared to what it has been, trust me, 43 is nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 43 it, sounds
2: pleasant. And, and <laughs> the sun comes out, you know, and that's the thing that yeah. I think you forget a lot of times A lot of, in a lot of these winter states, especially up north. It'll be cold and the sun disappears like the sun goes away for, you know, months on end and at least here where we're at, even when it gets cold, the sun decides to come out. And that makes a big difference, not only just like for melting off the snow and stuff, but also for like, you know, spirits and and uh, vitamin D and all the. The wonderful things that the sun can provide.
3: I can see blue. I can see blue.
2: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh we are excited. Uh we are going to, of course, have a couple reviews of recent releases. I mean, it is award season, so recent releases is is an interesting thing to say. Uh we're gonna talk about Nomad Land that's technically been out for a couple weeks, but just came out on Hulu uh this past weekend. And, uh, and then we're also going to talk about The Mortanian as well, and a couple of awards contenders, or at least awards wannabes, and uh, we'll kind of give our opinions on those. Of course, we've got some buried treasure at the end as well, and for our best ever challenge this week, we're doing best ever Jodie Foster movies this week, so uh-huh. we are going to uh, go into the filmography of uh, Jody and see what we come out with. So I'm excited to get into all that stuff, um, but we're going to kick it off with a review of Nomadland.
0: You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. And they sometimes call you
3: nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true?
0: No, I'm not homeless. I'm just
1: houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher.
0: It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement.
2: A woman embarks on a journey through the American West after losing everything during the recession. Nomadland stars Frances McDormand uh, and is Chloe Zhao's uh, latest film. And I don't know... If you got a chance to see the writer, uh, which I believe was her uh, debut, but she's doing a thing here that should feel very familiar. She's taking real life people and giving them the opportunity to tell their stories uh, while also adding some fictional elements of some characters over the top. Uh, the other name you might know is David Strathairn, uh, who is in here as well as Dave um, but other than that, you know, it's really kind of an honoring of these people who consider themselves nomads. Uh, curious what you guys thought. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
3: I loved it. I think it's great. Yeah. Very beautiful movie.
2: Uh, Juan, what about you? Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just uh, okay?
1: Loved it. Loved it. And I'm endlessly fascinated by, like, there's this notion of, uh, or, you know, You know, worry in Hollywood or the entertainment sort of like you got to reach the masses, and that determines what a budget or. But like this is a very specific uh, American story, Mm -hmm. but but and the details of it is impressive. It sort of has the detail of a documentary and sort of the beauty of a you know poem, uh, visually speaking. But it speaks to it's very The more detail it is, the more universal. The more universal. I thought the story was. I mean, because it is very specific to sort of. Finding your way and your community and all these sort of big, big questions uh, that sort of leap out of this very, very specific uh, journey for this character. So I'm amazed. I'm amazed that that, that, that sort of is able to use.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you guys. I love it as well. Um, I am, you know, it's, it's hard to distinguish in that loved it category like where you are. I might be on the lower side of loved it, but I truly loved you know this movie. I what's interesting for me is this is not typically the kind of movie I go you know over the moon for. Um, it's just the way I'm built, what I tend to enjoy. Uh, it is you know it's very. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's a it's a very purposeful pacing that's happening here. That a lot of times you know it's just it just kind of is what it is. But of these kind of movies, I can't imagine you doing it any better than this. Um, I, I yeah. felt connected, so connected to what was going on in this journey, in this story, that, uh, that I, I was never bored. I was never thinking of, you know, let's get, you know, when, when does stuff start blowing up? You know, <laughs> that. It's like, when does Thanos show up in Nomad Land, guys? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't. Spoiler. In the post credit scene. You, yeah. know, you know what's. Damn it. In- <laughs> you know what's interesting, though, is the Chloe Zhao part of this, she's doing Eternals, you know, coming yep. up whenever that, you know, decides to come out. And it just makes me wonder, like, what is Eternals? You know, how how is she going to meld her style, her eye into the MCU? I'm thrilled to find out. Like, I'm really excited I, to yeah. see what that movie is. I actually
1: like. got to speak to her, and I actually got to – I knew that I wasn't going to get any details of what's happening with the actual right. Yeah, the yeah, Eternals. Yeah. But I was able to ask, uh, like, the jump. You know, you're making. You did the rider and you did Nomadland. Is that is it? An, do you just have more tools to express yourself. And she pretty much answered to that. That there. She pretty much took all her uh, her head of crews from Nomad Nomadland, and she says that now the difference is that each head of each department has an army behind them. So uh, other than that, it'll be interesting it's another way of storytelling on a bigger canvas so yeah. uh, which which makes eternals exciting you know what I mean it's I, I think the you described it beautifully it is purposeful the, yeah there's a purpose to to every to every every shot um, I don't know if you guys watch or if you guys reviewed on the podcast uh, ammonites which is a the new the, we did uh, not mmm Well, that's one that, I mean, I'm not going to say watch it, but that's one where it feels like you're watching geography happen. Thank you, yes. There's there's no clear purpose to why the pace is the way it is. It just seems very, uh, I don't know, uh, very leisurely getting to a point. And then when you get to that point, you're like, you could have gotten to that point (laughs) a lot quicker than that. So, so yeah, there's none of that here. Like, it is a slow movie, but slow does not equal... It does not mean boring, I
2: have to say. Andrew's about to have a first cow sneeze, uh here here pretty soon <laughs> where he, he blurts out first cow uh, as one that, that no. was like that for him. But uh but yeah, no, I'm with you. Ammonite is a great example and I have seen it. We just haven't talked about it here on the on the show. That, I hated
1: that, that movie is a, with a passion.
2: I'm I'm well, I didn't hate it with a passion, but I will say it is it is the example of the <laughs> it is the example of this kind of movie that falls into all the traps of the reasons that sometimes I just I have a tough time getting on board with a, with a movie with that kind of pacing. But this, this is completely different here. Um, do you guys have any connection to the material? Like, and when I say that, I mean like, do you, have you ever been like, man, I just want to get in an RV and just like, you know, go live at national parks. Like, does that interest you at all? Like on any level?
3: Well, uh, whenever I just got out of high school, my cousins and I actually got a schoolie, which if you don't know what that is, it's where you get a school bus and you convert it into uh, like a like an RV sort of thing. It's very rugged, you know, and bare bones. And uh, we uh, we didn't have beds. We had a uh, hammocks that you uh, you take down the hammock and then you have walking space. But when it's time to go to bed, you pull out the hammock and, you know, that's where you sleep. And I can't tell you how many times. I, uh, I fell out of my hammock because I had the worst <laughs> one out of all three of us, uh, and we got to the point where I just had to, like, uh, take the ends and, like, wrap it around me, and then, like, kind of, not zip ties, but, you know, like, latches just so I'd be, like, cocooned in it, and I couldn't fall out, uh, and we didn't go far, I mean, we, we'd go down to Table Rock Lake and Branson and, you know, places like that, but, yeah, it's something I've always been fascinated with, and... Uh, I'm gonna diverge just a little bit because I think Juan said a word earlier, which I think is the perfect way to describe this movie, and that's poetic. Mm-hmm. I think this movie's very poetic. It's uh, not only poetic in like showing the landscape of you know America and how diverse it is, but also it's a poem, at, at, like a homage to the people who choose this nomadic uh, lifestyle. You know, it's like Francis McDormand is. Not really a character, so i'm not not to take away. I'm not that kind of sounds like a negative, but it's almost like she is a guide, like taking us on this journey so we can meet these people too, you know mm-hmm. uh which is beautiful, and you see that they're they live what a lot of people would consider a a rough and a hard life, but I think that it's just a, an acquired taste, like what we would find rough and, you know, gritty and, you know, difficult, they see the beauty in it. And I think that that's really what the movie's trying to say is you can find beauty anywhere if you look hard enough or if you know what to look for. Juan,
2: what about you? Do you ever have any uh, desire to hop in an RV and sleep it in a national park (laughs) well i I have
1: to say given that i was born and raised born and raised in an island you can go around in three hours right the idea (laughs) of like the idea of getting on the road and and like endless i actually did that i've done road trips i haven't been an actual nomad or anything like Mm -hmm. that but that is very the exploration of the landscape is very exotic exotic to me and appealing but i have to say um besides that I do identify with the aspect of the character because I know what you're saying in terms of that we get to meet, but I feel that the script poses an interesting question uh, in terms of what do you need? Like, what do you really like? Like, what do you really need mm-hmm. physically to live? And what do you need emotionally and spiritually mm-hmm. in a spiritual sense to sort of get by? And I feel that that's what gives the movie its strength and, and the universal aspect of it because I feel that everybody can sort of relate to phasing those questions like what do you what what i mean you're uh, and a lot of people are downsizing right now um mm-hmm. uh so I don't know, I sort of connected with that aspect of it, but yeah, I don't know if I would be able to you know hack it in 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 a car, but I mean like I, I do like the idea of being in a different place every single day or uh, every month moving to a different town
2: yeah i i it's an interesting question for me to answer as well, because I do have a little bit of nostalgia for the idea of like camping in a camper or an RV. Like my family would go you know to you know a campground for a week, you know, and do those kind of things. We did travel in an RV for a family vacation one time. Um, and there's there's something cool about it, like nostalgia wise that i I relate to. I hate the out-of-doors. Like, I think we invented (laughs) air conditioning for a reason. Like, I think we put roofs over our head for a reason. Uh, And so, like, I'm not, like, an outdoorsy person. But I also do connect to the idea of a new vista to look at every day. Like, that's interesting to me. The idea of traveling in that way is, is fascinating to me. I think what connected me the most to this movie is I felt like it was... I felt like it was saying the journey isn't defined by the destination, which is yeah. such a, a beautiful idea even when you're not dealing with travel, which obviously they are. You know, their journey is not about where they're going, it's just about the, you know, each day is its own thing and each day, you know, it's not like, oh, now that I got to point B, now we've we've accomplished our journey. The journey is about mm-hmm. the journey and the way it relates that traveling idea to also almost a a metaphorical idea of life is really beautiful to me the idea that our life isn't necessarily the journey of our life isn't about how it ends it isn't about like you know what the end looks like it's about what the days look like and man i just i that that really spoke to me on a deep emotional level thematically and you know cinematography wise just like I don't know. I just I feel like this is just so it's such a full movie. It just feels so full of <laughs> that beauty and, and kind of seeing the world in that way. So that's that's kind of the, you know, how it connected to me uh, uh yeah. most in the the movie. It's just a, it's a really beautiful film.
3: It is uh also the score for this movie is beautiful. The the piano that, you know, is plays throughout the background. Yeah, there are uh I guess performers I guess you could say like in her travels she meets like you know performers and it's really interesting to hear what they sing about or how you know the instruments they use and stuff like that it does feel very nomadic you know what this movie reminds me of it actually reminds me a lot of Deborah Granick's movies like Winter's Bone you know like where Mm. it's uh it's not unheard of to you know cast you know actual people instead of actors you know for a role but it I think Winner's Bone is definitely tonally and thematically different, but I think stylistically, I think it's very similar to this, to where you feel the authenticity of what you're watching. You're like, I, everything I'm seeing right now is genuine. Uh, granted, you know, *Winter's Bone, it's way more heavy and way more, uh, you know, traumatic than this, but this has a... It's like if Deborah Granick were to direct Into the Wild, you know, <laughs> is very much of like what this movie feels like. Uh, yeah, you find out what's important to you and uh, all our cr- creature comforts and stuff like that are they really important? Or uh, because I think when I'm watching this and she's meeting people, like there's a a character named Linda uh, who whenever they like. You know, because these they're nomads; they move on and they don't go in the same uh, direction or go to the same destination. Like whenever they're saying goodbye, I felt a genuine pain of like I am mi- I am going to miss you so much, and that kind of thing you can't fake. You know, you can't act to that degree and have it feel that genuine. So that's a that's a huge huge pro for me in this movie nice uh any
2: final thoughts guys uh i, I assume we would all recommend it if, you, if you've got hulu you've already got access to it right now um so i'd recommend checking it out uh
1: any and you're I, and you're gonna be hearing about it because it's definitely uh up front around our it's gotten critics choice nominations, gotten golden globe nomination and it's gonna it's gonna yeah. make it to the, to the oscars so if uh if that if, if you look at award season and, and watching all the movies like this is definitely one that you're going to have to like take a look at.
2: It. And Francis yeah. is getting a lot of attention of course as she should yeah. Uh, and yeah I think yeah you're definitely going to be seeing it if you keep up with the award season for sure.
1: Yeah uh, but I think in directing and directing and in cinematography we're definitely going to get yeah. nominations.
2: Yeah, yeah it'll yeah. it'll be in a few categories uh definitely. So there you go Nomadland on Hulu you can check it out now and uh, we encourage you to do so. Uh, Let us move on to our second review. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Mauritanian.
3: If
0: you stray outside the designated areas, you will be removed from the island. It's recommended you wear a hijab when visiting your client. We've had incidents of inmates spitting at female lawyers.
3: You wanna represent the head recruiter for 9-11. Mohamedou Old Slahi, the Mauritanian held in Guantanamo. He recruited the guys who flew your friend's plane into the South Tower.
0: He put those men on my husband's plane? I'm gonna make him pay.
3: In the event the detainee lunges for you, push back away from the table. We'll get in there as quick as we can.
2: A defense attorney, her associate, and a military prosecutor uncover a far-reaching conspiracy while investigating the case of a suspected 9-11 terrorist imprisoned at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, for six years. Uh, the Mauritanian stars Jodie Foster and Shailene Woodley. Uh, Tahar Rahim, who you will also be hearing a lot uh, about in award season, I believe. Benedict Cumberbatch is in there. Uh, my man Zachary Levi making an appearance in this movie. Yeah! You get a little Shazam in there, um, yeah. So, what did you guys think about the Mauritanian? Uh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Juan, uh, I will let you go first on this one. What did you think?
1: I I don't know. I, I think you're throwing me to the deep end of, uh, here uh, of the pool. Or <laughs> I, I I I'm gonna before I say I have to say this is one of the ones that I truly after I finished it I was like. Would I have had had a different reaction to this if I had seen it in the theater. Like I have to say, uh, mm. so I mm. think I just I just liked it, and I have a feeling that if I wouldn't would have seen it in a darkened theater, it would have it would have been different. But I was okay. I just like I, I was just liked it. I felt certain the direction in certain points just I felt like it it was just too on the nose or hit me over the head with a certain you know, sure. thematic aspects of it, but. So that I, I sort of turned me off, I have to say.
2: Andrew, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
3: It's interesting because I did see this in a darkened theater <laughs> with, uh, you know... Uh, Tell A, a bare-bones <laughs> audience, yeah. Um, once I understood what the movie was actually trying to talk about, and it's not what I thought it was going to be talking about, uh, I was hooked, and I am going to go with an adamant, loved it, Loved oh, it. Wow. Really loved it. Really you loved just make,
1: it. You're making my case. You saw it in a theater and you really loved it.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to make your case even further. I did not see this in a theater. Uh, let, me, let me start by saying, I think this is an incredibly important story to hear. I just want to say that before I say, I am really close to hating this movie. Uh, I, <laughs> oh! I, I am on the low side of disliked it. Uh I thought this was terrible. I I I I couldn't connect to it. I was like I thought the performances were bad almost all around except for Tahar Tahar Rahim. I thought he was the only bright spot performance wife. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was terrible. Like I I I came, I came out no. of this movie going, "Wait. I like is it possible he can, like he can't act? Like that's how bad his performance was <laughs> in this?" Was, was like I went from like a Benedict Cumberbatch lover to being like, he may not be able to act. Uh, I just, I, I had such a horrible experience with this movie. I was bored through most of it. Um, I, I've seen this type of movie done so much better so many times. I've seen these themes presented so much deeper, so much less pedantic, so much less preachy, so much less on the nose. Um, I just, yeah, I had a really bad time with this one. Now, Again, to sandwich it with this very important thing, this is a crucial, important story for us to hear because it is based on a true, awful story. Yeah, I, and, and we need but to I, know that.
1: But I feel that the, the lack of depth of the direct or the things that we are complaining about is actually, it leans on this is an important story too much. Yes. I feel. Yes. That's, that's part of my problem. It's like, it, yes, it is true. But our commentary uh, is on the filmmaking, not on the actual story, which is something that happens when people read negative reviews uh, from critics, you know, you're you're not sort of trashing the importance of the story. It's just, you know, that the filmmaking that's pushing the story forward is lacking.
2: I, I was going to say, I still am going to say, because it is a common phrase, but, you know, Sometimes you are you use a uh, an important story like this as a get out of jail free card. That is a weird phrase to use in a movie about somebody who literally could not get out of jail even though they hadn't done anything. But you know that that can't be an excuse for you know kind of the things we're talking about. Now, having said all that, and said kind of my my uh, my piece, Andrew, I do want to hear what you saw because obviously you you loved this movie, and so I I do want. Like, I want you to convince me, like, where I'm wrong, because I love loving stuff. I I don't like coming out of something feeling this way. So, like, what did I miss? Like, tell me how, like, where your feelings were.
3: Well, uh, initially, whenever I was going into this movie, and during the beginning of the movie, I thought it was right that this is going to be a movie about whether or not this guy did it. You know, whether or not he was one of the, uh, you know, the planners of 9-11. And it, it transitioned... I think for me it it transitioned well into realizing that's not what this movie's talking about. This movie is talking about uh how we treat e how do we how we treat those who we have such disdain for or you know our legal system, you know, how those in our legal system try to find loopholes to do horrifying things to uh uh, people that we have imprisoned, especially in, like, Guantanamo Bay. And seeing towards the end, you see, I guess you could say, a reenactment or a point of view of what happened to uh, Tahar Rahim's character. And it's one of the most traumatic, most difficult things to watch I've seen in a very, very long time. A, because it's what supposedly happened in real life, and and that it's something we – that the thought that a human could do this to somebody else is, like, unfathomable to me. I, I don't understand how it could be done. A human and or a
2: system or both?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. both. Yeah. Like, that a system could be put in place uh, and that a system would not only allow that, allow this but also encourage it. And then the actual perpetrators, I guess you could say, that they had the ability to go through with this and say, "Yeah, we we did something right. What we were doing was just," uh, and it's it's insane. Yes, I think that uh, Tahar Rahim is definitely the standout in this movie. I don't uh, I don't understand the hate. For uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, is it because he's trying to do a Foghorn Leghorn accent? Oh, yeah. Or is it, I mean,
2: that's part of it. That part's terrible. I but mean, I, that like, doesn't
3: bother me at all. Well,
2: I, I just, for me, it, like, it's a complete lack of embodying a character. It, it is complete. Like, at times, I was like, this is like when I go to high school plays. And they're like, mm. you know, putting on a performance, but you can tell that's not who they are, you know? Like it was just it was yeah it was it was really rough for me, and I will fully admit this happens, and I think it happens to all of us once something pops in your brain it's it you it just builds yeah. it just snowballs yeah. and very early on, I was like, oh, I think this is terrible, and then every time he was on screen, I was like, oh yeah, he's terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it just snowballed for me um yeah. in that way yeah
1: yeah uh, I, yeah it, it's it's I don't, I don't want to say look at me acting, but just by the fact of being benedict in that role you know what i mean like yeah it's a mixture of of that i I, I don't know like i don't know i I don't know if we're being unfair to him or the way the character was written or but he just did not work for me
2: yeah
3: yeah i wanted to know is it because you familiarize benedict cumberbatch with having such a thick pronounced british accent that whenever he's not that it's uh kind of distracting because he's been doctor strange Uh, does that whenever he's Doctor Strange, does that affect you at all? No. Or is it because this is something so... His his British accent is so defined and recognizable that he went to the exact opposite end of the spectrum, you know, for, I, like the American version of a thick, pronounced accent. I honestly like,
2: don't think it's just the accent. I really don't. Yeah. I, I don't think he embodies the really. character very well. I, I, right. I think it's beyond that.
1: Yeah, it was the construction of the character. It's not necessarily the, the accent. You know what I mean? Because it's like it, yeah. in 1917, it sort of does have the same effect. Like suddenly, oh, there's Benedict Cumberbatch. But in a, in a, in a, in a, in less time, that character is presented in a sort of fully formed, cohesive way. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is more like flares of a character as opposed to an actual human being. In, That's in the- how it played to, it to me.
2: Yeah. In the chat somebody's mentioning uh Daniel Craig and Knives Out, which I I, I don't know how like clear a direct comparison that is, because he's doing kind of a foghorn yeah. leghorn kind yeah, of thing there a, as well. Yeah. But the, but I get that character. Like I totally like it feels like he's a real person in that movie. I never felt once that Benedict Cumberbatch was a real person. I felt like it was Benedict Cumberbatch trying to act. And that's just, you know, and again I never got it may that. have just it may have just clicked in my brain, and then I couldn't unsee it, and and that that tends to happen. Um, Jodie Foster is so usually great that I think she's just so uh, mediocre is probably too strong, but on just the north side of mediocre here, and so I just I wasn't blown away by her here either, and so I don't know. I just I I just I was lost. Yeah, I.
1: I didn't think anything of like negative of her performance but that once she got that nomination it's going kind to of like really what what did you see in like it's just a forgettable oh. Jodie Foster yeah I don't know
3: well we're we're, we're definitely going to see whenever we get to our uh our uh, sift sort you know for a uh, Jodie Foster movie sure, not sure. sift sort but our uh, best ever challenge yeah. uh we uh it's going to be obvious that she likes to pick heavy Mm -hmm. movies, like with something with weight to it. So I don't know if it's just a uh, whenever she's doing this movie that it's like a uh, you know, a hat trick, like she knows what she's doing, she can easily jump into that character but I thought she was great if anybody in this movie I thought was forgettable and I mean that not for their performance, but just the character didn't really add much to the movie that's gotta be Shailene Woodley's character I don't think that that character really did Ooh. anything, <laughs> yeah, other than you know, just be there. Uh, I gotta say, I love Zachary Levi in this movie, he is
2: I actually kind really of good. Yeah, I actually thought he was good in this too. Hey, he yeah. was certainly pulling uh, off the characterization of his character, you know, better yeah. than I was seeing in other people. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't, I again, I fully admit this happens with movies and they just don't work for you, it's and happened to it, me, and it's then happened it to all snowballs. I, I get that. But I truly did, you know, halfway three quarters through this, I was just, I was just like, this movie may be terrible, and that's <laughs> that's not a fun place to be. Um, so I'm so
3: sorry because this is one of like, <laughs> I, not not that I want to watch it again because yes, this is a heavy movie. I don't know if we've said that this is a very heavy like, oh rough yeah, it's movie terrible. To watch. It's yeah, it's so it's so much trauma. It's uh It's not. It's it's definitely. It's difficult to come out of a movie like this for me to say I loved it, because it sounds like almost uh, mm-hmm. nihilistic. Even you know, or uh, what's the Schadenfreude or whatever it is you know. Or but, sadism. Uh, I like think there's, there's a this,
2: sadistic like nature yeah. to yeah, liking tough movies. But yeah. it's
3: it's yeah. But I think that there. Yes, it's an important message in this movie, uh, and yes, I think that Tahir Rahim gives just. Ca- high caliber performance. He's There's good. A, he's, a scene he's really, where, really like, good. He, yeah, he's the best yeah, thing about but, the movie for me. Yeah, whenever he's you know like give like after he gives his, uh, I guess a testimony at the, it's just like oh, I, this movie had me crying. I was crying in this movie. Wow, wow,
2: yeah. I was never connected uh, well enough to feel emotion during this movie, which really wow. says something considering what's going on here. I, like, it really should move me. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it just didn't, it, if there were times, this is so terrible, I, I should, I should just shut up now, but there were times <laughs> where I was getting like, God's not dead vibes, like by how like preachy and pedantic it was. Like, it was just like, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I flipped over into that, that thing of just like, oh, uh, we're, we're being very performative now, aren't we? And, uh, and yeah, I, I couldn't unsee it. So
3: i I, uh, I, I understand that, and just because a movie is important doesn't mean that it can... I'm playing devil's advocate right sure. now, but uh, uh, just because a movie is important doesn't automatically mean that it's uh, portrayed in a way that's easy to digest, that doesn't feel like you're... Like, it's just trying to, like, say, hey, this is important, so you should feel these emotions. We don't have to really, you know... Uh, 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 feed you you know a good narrative you should just uh, you should love this movie because it's important you know uh, there's definitely been movies like that and it sounds like this is how you guys yeah. feel about this one that yeah it's an important message but it's just it's there has to be a way you have to make me care about these characters and in, in a way that i do feel those genuine emotions one so, well, the I, I
1: wonder, way the, is more your the way is the way is his performance. I think that's why I did not... I do disagree with you, Aaron. I did not feel God is dead. Like, that's why I meant, like, the, my way in was definitely his performance, and that's what carried me through, and that has some layers and, and depth, and he, he rises to the challenge, and, 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 but he's not able to elevate the material, you know, to where we, it needs to be, because that's just impossible. He's really truthful to the journey of the character in the performance of it. But um, but that's why I wondered, like, I wonder why am I not, I mean, am I not responding, am I not in the mood, am I not responding, uh, is it because I'm not watching it in the movie theater, tru- that's why I truly, like, I wonder I if it was just, I was not in the setting to sort of appreciate the other things that maybe, I, I thought that maybe were too subtle that I did not catch them, or I would not, I was not in the w- wavelength of the movie, because that happens too. Like there are sure. certain movies that uh, that have a wavelength and if you're not in that wavelength and, and you're not, I mean, that doesn't mean the movie is poorly made. You know what I mean? Sure. I just felt a little bit more that I I, I think I would have been able to catch the wavelength if I would have been in a darker, darkened theater as opposed to being in my home. You know what I mean? And watching uh-huh. it and watching a screener. So, um, yeah. so that's what I attribute to maybe I'm wrong, but I did not feel like, oh. Terrible filmmaking. You know? <laughs> I, I did, man. I had those a,
2: moments. Yeah.
1: I I I felt it was. I mean, I feel there was weak decisions by the director. I do agree with that. But I I it's not. I don't feel also like because I mean, it could go the other way. Like I, we could say like this is an insult to a true story, and I would feel like that's an exaggeration. It's it's not. It's not that. I,
2: I got close say. to that, but I think you're right. I think that probably is an exaggeration. I I think I the only other thing I would say. That, that may have impacted my experience was I, I was also, I felt like structurally I wasn't sure who I was supposed to be like uh, driving alongside for this movie. Um, you know, like the Tahira Rahim character is obviously the, the central emotional core of what the movie's trying to do because it's his story that is so moving and important and that we're supposed to know. But I felt like we were almost supposed to follow the the a Stewart character, the Benedict Cumberbatch character, in his journey from being a team player to you know questioning what he's doing and like that he like I didn't feel like the movie was ever super clear to me on like where my heart was supposed to be, who my attention was supposed to be on. Structurally, I just I felt uh, that it tumbled around a lot, and I just I don't know. It just. Because of that, I was also feeling a little discombobulated and, and hard to connect to what, what was going on. Because I felt like we kept jumping from, you know, like who, like who do you want your protagonist to be? Who's the protagonist of this movie? Is it the Jodie Foster character? Is it you know, like, and, and again, movies don't have to fall into A plus B equals C formulas for them to work. But in general, there's a reason you have a protagonist who changes through the movie, who you're supposed to connect to. And I think maybe it was supposed to be the Benedict Cumberbatch character. But it just wasn't the most interesting character journey for me to latch on to, so um, that could be part of it as well.
3: This movie, maybe this is why I love this so much. Um, it reminded me a lot of Spotlight um, in the sense that uh, it doesn't matter uh, whether or not you feel uh, this uh, Tahir Rahim character is guilty or not. It's It's a... It's way to shine a light, and I thought that this movie did a really good job of, like, expressing, like, this is really what's going on in Guantanamo Bay. Kind of, like, spotlighted, this is really what was going on, you know, uh, with these priests, you know. Uh, so whenever I see a movie that's, like, shining a light on injustice, I immediately am immersed, and I'm like, yes, let's... Get all the dirt out there. Let's let's let the people know what is going on, so something can be done about it, or, or that a, uh, a truth, uh, a hidden truth can be, uh, you know, uh, shown, you know, to the world. Like, because uh, once I, I, I'd, I'd, you you hear stories, uh, or at least I, I heard stories about what you know was going on in Guantanamo Bay, you know, stuff like that, but I never knew it was to this extent. You hear you hear horror stories about waterboarding and stuff like that, but once you see it, it makes it real, I guess. And it it really it really hit me, and I got really really emotional in this movie. Yeah.
1: See, but I but I think you're make. I mean, like I under, I mean, to I know where you're coming from, but I feel like you are prime. You you said to yourself. You know, like you are prime to respond to. Uh, stories that highlight injustice you know what i mean i feel that part yeah. of my crit- critique of the filmmaking is that it's not like you feel it because you're primed for it but if the filmmaker did not make it visceral for all of us who i mean i'm 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 also with you sure. but what i mean like it it's not it, it did not feel like a visceral experience you know what i mean even though it's really hard um it is hard to watch, I, so I I don't know what the point would be. Like, where, I, I I'm I'm talking before we get to where we that that part of it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I feel like, admit this movie I feel, doesn't start I feel, well. I feel that the director sort of relies on that. That's what I mean. Like, it's just a, like it relies on uh, that part of the audience that it's that's just like just primed for that, and and yeah. sort of doesn't. It, he leans. They. they it just the direction leans in in ways that are I don't know that are sort of interrupts I don't, i'm not able to verbalize it very well It just feel like it doesn't gel it just does there are certain things that did not gel for me It just like i yeah. was able to always be able to be distant from this movie where the point of it is you're not meant to be distant you're meant to be moved uh so it's uh, for me it's hard to pinpoint why that was
3: yeah uh Do Andrew- you guys like kevin mcdonald the director uh like last king of scotland and stuff like that
1: yeah I mean, yeah. it, it it just this one seems off from him. I have to say,
2: uh, Andrew, I'm assuming it's a recommend for you.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I highly I've recommended this movie to a lot of people, but now that I hear you guys, I'm like, oh no, it's one of those things. Like, <laughs> after you get done with the review and you start talking to people who have a different opinion, it's not that I feel like I was wrong, you know, because you're never wrong in your opinion. Yeah, it's objective. You know? It's like yeah. If this is a movie I love. That doesn't mean I'm wrong or that you guys didn't like it. It doesn't mean you're wrong. But it makes me feel like, am I recommending what I thought would be a movie? Like, after coming into this, I was like, we're all going to love this movie. We're all going <laughs> to think this is great. But now question. Yeah, surprise. It's one of those things that it just takes you back. On. Oh, no. Have I recommended this movie to a lot of people who are just going to hate this movie? But uh hopefully yeah. not. That's that's the beauty of cinema, you man. Know, that's the beauty. You know of
1: cinema. what? I have a I have a feeling that no, I have a feeling that the majority of people will have a similar response. I to, think so. To, to, to and I think uh, uh, us two are just being, you know, uh, Jay the curmudgeon. nitpickers. Yeah.
2: Nit <laughs> uh, I don't know. I will say my uh, I would not recommend this movie. Obviously, I, what instead I will do is recommend if you missed it, which a lot of people did, that you see the uh, same topic matter done. In a movie that was uh, underseen and underrated from last year's award season, which is the report uh, with Adam Driver, um, yeah, that oh, yeah. that is covers some of the same ground. It's not as personal; it doesn't like uh, it's not as personal as with a prisoner. It's More broad, but it's a more broad look at uh, the investigation into a lot of these things, and it's a really well done movie. Uh, so, I guess I would recommend uh, you check out the report uh, from last award season. I think it was like came out like last note late well november 2019 somewhere in that range so there you go uh that is the mauritanian uh before we head on to our best ever challenge another huge thank you to our sift pop members uh we appreciate you so much thank you for uh supporting what goes on here that happens at patreon by the way patreon.com slash sift pop if you want to go look it up we do a weekly bonus show for our Sif Pop members, where we talk about a topic. And this week, we did our preliminary WandaVision review. Now, we are planning on doing a full WandaVision review once the season wraps up. But we decided to uh, do a preliminary review with Juan for our Sif Pop members uh, as we are through Episode 7. So, if you want to check that out, you can go to patreon.com sifpop And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, to all of our amazing Sift Pop members for uh, providing the ability to continue to do this podcast and the website and all the fun stuff that we do, we do it uh, for you, and we can do it because of you. Uh, once again, you can check that out at Patreon.com/siftpop. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge for the week. Uh, We're doing Jodie Foster movies, best ever Jodie Foster movies. Um, And again, just so it's clear, we're doing the best ever movies that Jodie Foster has appeared in. So it's not like best ever Jodie performances. It's really best ever movies. Um, And so we will go from number five to number one. We will count them down. Uh, If you have one that is higher, Ranked higher than somebody else, feel free to yell Trump, and uh, we will <laughs> wait uh, until it's yours to talk about it um, start off with number five Juan, kick us off. What's your number five Jody Foster movie?
1: I have a feeling that I'm not gonna get trumped at all <laughs> until until I until I get to the very top of this list all right and I, I have to say I, I was very malicious with this I don't know. My number five is a movie called Stealing Home. Oh, the movie that came out uh, that came out in the late uh, late eighties, uh, and and it's um, it's definitely a feel good movie. And I I interviewed Jodie Foster once, and I brought up this movie, and she looked at me like I was the biggest <laughs> moron on the planet.
2: That reminds me. But it's
1: a, it, Her- but it is it is a movie meant to. It's about the Mark Hammond character who is an athlete that did not. Uh, sort of come to his full potential, um, and he has to go home because somebody from the family dies. And it's sort of a, it's sort of a, you were talking about Aaron earlier in the podcast. It's very much a nostalgia tinge look at uh, youth and the people who influence you. And she's fantastic in it. Uh, so I don't know. It's a movie that I really, really, really like. That a lot of other people will consider probably disposable but you were saying that that reminds you of, I, I did not let you tell no, no no no. you're it fine you it's just
2: i'm sure it's happened to a lot of people at the awards when you meet people but when i uh when i took my mom to the awards i think it was my second year and oh, uh yes. and christian bale <laughs> christian bale was there and she ran into uh-huh. christian bale and she said oh, no. i love you so much in newsies and swing kids those are my favorite yeah. movies and christian bale's response to her was well, those aren't usually the movies that people mention, but thank you.
1: <laughs> well, at least he was kind. He was. Kind, you he, know was. What I he was mean? very like, kind. But, uh, but, no, no, but uh, I got a huge eye roll from uh, Miss Foster. Uh-huh. So in yeah. vengeance, in yeah. vengeance, I am bringing this movie up in there this podcast. Go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, I can... I, I... Go ahead. I would be interested to see if anybody from the audience like it, it, it feels like throwing rotten tomatoes at me or or something or some lettuce, but I don't know. I do I do love this movie. I have to say.
2: Well, I I uh, I'll go next, but I haven't seen Stealing Home. I in general when we prepare for these, I will do a little bit of a binge on the topic, and I just I picked uh, Stealing Home was right there, and I almost you know uh, picked it for one to one to watch, and it just kind of missed that list. I ended up watching some others. Uh, none of which made my list, but it was nice to kind of catch up on some uh, some Jodie Foster movies that I hadn't seen before. She's been she's been in quite a few things. I was surprised by how many movies that she's been in that I haven't seen. And uh, and so, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's uh, Stealing Homes, another one. Maybe I should check it out. It's obviously I one be, of her best. Definitely.
1: So. I, I would offer a refund, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, hard times. Uh, <laughs> my
2: number five is Panic Room. Uh, the David Fincher movie. Um, I recently did a rewatch on this uh, earlier this year, and it's great. I mean, Jody's great. The story's great. It's a little bit over the top. Fincher is really loving his toys in this movie. Like he is, yeah. he is really playing with the way the camera moves, and the, you know the, the the way this you know it goes through stuff. And oh, um, I was
3: gonna say the way he, that camera goes. Through the entire house, and that one shot is crazy. Yeah, at
2: one point it goes like through like a uh, like a glass pitcher of like lemonade or something. Like I mean, he's just he's doing (laughs) some really wacky stuff here, uh, and and just you can tell he's having fun. Just like because it's through the whole movie, it's not like there's just one shot of this. Like he's doing creative, crazy camera stuff through this whole movie. That's not why I love it. That's fun. That's interesting. It's actually a little bit over the top and a little bit um, you know uh, self-aggrandizing in some ways. But, uh, um, why do you love it? I love it because I think, I think the story is just really tight and interesting and compelling. I just think there's a really smart thing going on with um, th- some of the ways the story moves through the typical trapped in the house kind of, uh, you know, tropes. So I, I have I had a really good time with the rewatch, really kind of bumped it up on my radar as far as uh, the Fincher stuff. And, um, yeah, I enjoy Panic Room, I think it's good. So that's my number five. Uh, Andrew what's your number five
3: well like I said uh, my list is going to be just a bunch of rough hard to watch movies (laughs) Um, besides one there's one movie on here where I could go yeah, uh, maybe two but for the majority you're like ugh this this is brutal Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, The Accused which is uh, Kelly McGillis and Jodie Foster Um, again very hard to watch it's about Mm -hmm. a young woman who is raped in a I guess you could say like a biker, like a dirty biker bar sort of a thing. Bar, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she has to, uh, you know, try to convince that Kelly McGillis's character to, uh, you know, help try these guys for what they did to her. And it's interesting. Yes, Jodie Foster is giving a really great performance in this, but it's also Oscar winning performance. Kelly McGillis, yeah, uh, seeing Kelly McGillis go like. Uh, is this a winnable case, to is that even important, if this is a winnable case, you know, that whole transition, or that uh, that moral dilemma of, do I want to tarnish my record, I guess you could say, of being a good lawyer, versus, is that worth what this woman went through, you know, to see that, if the if we can get these men to justice, it's a, it is a rough movie, but it's also a very powerful movie, so, it's a, yeah, The Accused. It, it,
1: Go ahead. It also brings up, it also brings up, it connects to uh, Promising Young Women in terms of the, the guys that are being tried mm-hmm. it's sort of like uh, uh, the, the legal president is, uh, you know, the fact that they were cheering on the rape, you know, the accountability of your action yeah. when a woman is being abused or when anybody's you know, in, in this particular situation. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm not... It, it, that that part of it is still really, really, really uh, rele- relevant. I actually think yep. the reason why I did not make my list, um, and I, I think I'm defending myself from my next frivolous choice on the list. Uh, I think <laughs> hey, that we, you don't
3: have to defend yourself, man. So, so, your oh, list.
1: you're you're gonna ask me to defend myself when I say my number four. Trust me. <laughs> uh, after after the accused, Uh I feel that precisely the the Kelly McGillis character. I feel. Jodie Foster's character is so strong. Like the movie yeah. did not, that her story is so strong. The movie did not need. It just feels like, it, like you know, like it, it was some sort of. Le- the only way we can get this story financed and made in the studio is to make it like a legal sort of courtroom you know, drama. drama, yeah. A, a courtroom drama, and we got two female leads, and Kelly McGill is from Top Gun. Okay, sure. Let's go. Let's green. Yeah. Let's, get a, let's get a green. Let's get a green because at that point, people forget that. Jodie Foster had been away for a while, and she was not. She was not uh, hot at the box office, or whatever the term you want to make it. You know what I mean? McGillis was the one that got this movie greenlight at Paramount. Um, so I don't know. Uh, in terms of performance, definitely one of her best performances. But I, I feel that it did not make my movie and my, my list just because it that part of it, the lawyer part of it, feels a little bit contrived. Uh, you're absolutely.
2: You're absolutely right. The. Um... I think it may be Jodie Foster's best performance. I I think she's incredible in this movie and especially in what she's she's going through. The only reason it didn't make my list is because as intense and traumatic and uh, tough as the material is and as much as the movie doesn't pull any punches on the material, uh, they they go there. Um, The movie itself is so 80s that it's hard to, like it's, it's almost hard to reconcile the music choices and like some of the stuff that's going on in some of these terrible, you know, moments. It's just, it's, there's so much cheese in this movie that didn't need to be there because the the material is so powerful. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And again, I, I, I just know. watched this yesterday, so that's fresh on my mind. Oh, okay. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. And, and like you said, the most powerful part of this movie is it's not actually about prosecuting the rapists. It's about prosecuting the people who cheered cheered on the rapists. And you're right. That connects directly to Promising Young Woman and a lot of those themes as well. So, yeah, good choice. Good choice. Uh, All right. On to number fours. Uh, What do you got, Juan, uh, that you're going to have to apologize for?
1: Speaking of cheese, uh, (laughs) I have Walt Disney's very first adaptation of Freaky Friday, people.
2: I love Freaky this Friday. movie. I think this I is like a great Freaky choice. Friday. Yeah.
1: No, no, you're good. Because that's why. Because uh, that's why I laughed. Uh, I laughed when you said that because it is true. We associate uh, Jodie Foster with a lot of important, important uh, <laughs> characters, and she picks important themes. But I do like the fact that she is in Taxi Driver, but she's also when she was a kid actor, she was in this, and this actually highlights her excellent comedic uh, comedic uh, timing. And it's a body swapping movie, but it is about the reason it made the list is because it's truly about character. You know what I mean? Like the mother daughter uh, relationship and what it is. I, I think I appreciate it more as an adult. Like like as a kid, I love the fantasy aspect of it. Uh, but I, I, now I sort of appreciate more like the sort of the, always the grass is always greener on the other side. We idealize what we don't have, but the the responsibilities of being an adult uh, and and the character sort of uh, and, character do, do you listen to me guys i'm saying character investigation talking about freaky friday what the hell is happening <laughs> hey anyway, you're right it, it's you're, a you're not it's wrong. a lot of fun it is, and barbara harris like they're equally like they're equally spectacular which is what makes the comedy work because mm-hmm. they are taking it they are they do take it seriously as a performance piece uh, so that's why out of all the freaky fridays this is uh, the one for me. <laughs> I do. I cannot
2: argue with that at all. Uh, I watched this one yesterday as well, and uh, I I think what what really stood out to me is just how structurally solid this movie is. It, it is a slapstick comedy in a lot of ways, but uh-huh. it but that that doesn't like distract from this movie's ability to actually be about something and to actually go somewhere and to tell a story uh about the misunderstandings that parents and kids have and I just I thought it was I thought it was really well done so I have no problem with this choice at number 4
3: it's okay, cool. surprisingly that you don't see a lot of hollywood movies do this but it's like they had an idea before, <laughs> or they had a motivation for the story before they had the gimmick you know <laughs> imagine that yeah imagine cool. that um that you should actually have something to say before like uh-huh You know, like, hey, let's do this body swap movie. What's it going to be about? I don't know. Just, uh, (laughs) we'll we'll think of something. No, they actually had something in mind beforehand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Aaron.
2: My number four uh, might get trumped. Uh, This is where I had Taxi Driver. Um, Same. Uh, Oh, oh, you're going to, so Juan will trump it. You had it at number four as well, Andrew. Uh, All right, well, we'll wait for Juan to get to it on his list. Um, So that pulls us on to the number threes. Juan, what do you got at number three?
1: I've got a movie called Carnage. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, which I love because it's a sort of, I love when the concept of a movie is meant to be theatrical, which is four people in a room, and then it becomes like a spectacle uh, uh, of the characters, which is what this is. This is this is, this is about how uh, niceties, you know, it's, and this, it's interesting because it's not about social media at all, but you could sort of correlate sort of like the facade of the the civil facade that we present uh, when you have to deal with people that you already assigned as different, mm-hmm. and then you are forced to uh, for circumstances that I'm, I I mean I'm, it's not like I'm spoiling it or anything. These people have to be, are stuck in a room together, and the gloves come off, and it's like fireworks, and it's literally uh, that's why it's number three because I feel that that is that is high wire filmmaking, and and the acting is. Uh, it's spectacular. So it's John C. Riley and Kate Winslet uh, in the cast as well. So it's it's really uh, it's really I mean I, I it's it's one of the best movies I think.
2: I uh, you guys are just you're you're being so lovely to me. You just keep naming movies I watched yesterday, uh, and it's just giving me it's giving it's giving me a chance to like uh, have all these. Uh, very strong opinion since I just uh, saw these movies, but no, this is good. This is really good. I uh, I, I think it, for like many theatrical movies, it does suffer a little bit from like the real time same room kind of. That's a that's a high wire man. That's a, that is a yeah. tough thing to do. These four are up to it. They're all great. I actually think Kate Winslet is maybe the best of the four in this. I like Her character felt so like real yeah. to me uh, uh, amongst the four of them. But I think they're all doing good stuff here. And the thing I loved most about this movie is just how, and, and I should say the stage play, I'm sure this is uh, the beauty of how it was written. But it really is about the difference. It, it is about sticks and stones may make, break my bones, but words will never hurt me, except for the adults use the words to hurt each other as much as the kid who, you know, s- you know, uh, whacks a stick across the other kid's face. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it's a it juxtaposition, uh, ju- whatever that word is. It compares the mm-hmm. two, uh, you know, in, in such a really beautiful way. I, I don't know. I thought I thought it was a really smart movie and enjoyed it for the most part. So, yeah. Uh, Again, another nice choice uh, for your number three. Uh, My number three, probably going to get Trump. This is where I had Silence of the Lambs. Uh,
3: Yeah. All right. um, I'll let you guys
2: Trump that. And uh, Andrew, what's your number three?
3: Well, you're going to Trump this one. (laughs) Probably. uh, Yeah, I'm going to go contact. Trump. All right.
2: Uh, So, Juan, we are now to your number two.
1: No, my number two is Silence of the Lambs.
2: Uh, all right, yeah, so no trumpet. so we'll continue to turn. We'll just keep the trumpeting going and uh, get to my number two. This is <laughs> where I have contact, uh, so we can okay. we can talk about contact. Andrew, you had it at number three, three, and I had it at number yeah. two. Um, I am. It's really interesting with this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the yeah. sci-fi. F- philosophical aspect to this movie the idea you know it's doing things here that interstellar tries to do many many years later oh, yeah. uh and in doing them in very it does some, it
1: better does I, it better
2: I think it actually does in some ways do it better than interstellar in some ways yeah I, um you know there is certainly I rewatched I did another rewatch of this this year uh, earlier this year and uh it it does have its slow moments and it does have its structural issues, but I just I am so connected to what Matthew McConaughey is, is doing in this, what Jodie Foster is doing in this, the conversations that they have about philosophy and all those things, um, and then where it goes and the sci-fi element of it makes sense to me. Like I just I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's really well done. So I have it at number every, number two.
3: Every time I think of contact, that scene where Whenever she's a little girl and she's running down the hallway to go get the medicine and she reaches out her hand and it's a mirror it blows me away every single time have, that scene If you watched the videos on sense. how that was
2: how that was shot and how that was done
3: is there actually a video Yeah yeah it's it's
2: a it's a really neat cinematic magic trick uh if you want to watch the making of that that moment where she reaches for the mirror making yeah making of contact yeah mirror um, scene yeah yeah it's pretty incredible
3: Um but honestly, you can see Carl Sagan's fingerprints all over this movie. You know, mm-hmm. with the the authenticity of the science and how uh, SETI, I guess you could say, would react or uh, respond. I think is a better word to these events happening. Uh, you say that um, uh, the accused is uh, Jodie Foster's best performance. I actually think Contact. Is She's the best great in this. You're not wrong. She's yeah. is great in this. Yeah. Um, the biggest issue I have with this movie is the last five minutes, um, where they throw something in that I absolutely hate. You know, they didn't leave something up for the audience's, uh, uh, I guess you could say, uh, they, decision uh, yeah, of whether or not... Yeah, they closed
2: something off that could have been open-ended.
3: And if they had have left it open-ended, I think this movie... Would go down as one of the best, but that simple act, kind of like how Edge of Tomorrow, the ending of that movie, just makes you go, oh, But the rest of the movie is so good. Why did you do that? <laughs> um, yeah. it, not not to that extreme, uh, but I, I really was disappointed with the way they decided to tie the bow off for this mm-hmm. movie. Sure. Um, I I think we've had this discussion before. Whenever because I, I this was one of my. Uh, List of Shame movies back whenever we were doing that. Yeah, uh, that we did. We talked about this. I think you and I we kind of disagreed on the Matthew McConaughey, per, not the performance, but actually the motivation of that character right. and how I think he goes back and forth in it. Um, don't get me wrong. I think that it his character is very important. The because having McConaughey come in and, and be the. Uh, uh, the philosophical the uh, theological i guess is the better mm-hmm. way to say it the theological voice in this movie is not only fascinating but it's also important because without him this movie would be just be very ironically preachy mm-hmm. about its science you know right. but he is bringing something to this movie to where uh faith is something that doesn't have to be religious right. i guess you could say um Yeah, I think this movie is brilliant, and uh, for me, it is Jodie Foster's best performance. Nice. Uh,
2: All right, I think then that brings us to your number two, Andrew. Is that right?
3: Uh, Is it? Uh, uh, Juan, have you given your number two yet?
1: I I trumped Silence of the Lambs, because that one's my number two. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: So my number two is probably going to get trumped. I'm going to (laughs) go with Inside Man.
2: Yeah, I'll trump you for that. Uh,
3: All right, Juan, what is
2: your number one?
3: My number one is Taxi
1: Driver.
2: There you go. I had it at yep. number four. Andrew had it at? Number four. Number four. And you had it at number one. Uh, talk about you guys it. Are, you
1: guys are crazy. <laughs> are you talking to I me? I will
3: say this before you, you get into your to me? Are yeah, you talking, talking to, I, to I, me? Are you talking to me? I was talking to you. Juan, you're going you're gonna to cringe when I say this. The first time I saw Taxi Driver, uh, I may have just been too young, but I didn't like it. Uh, I really didn't like it when I rewatched it. I understood more uh, what this movie was trying to say, and you know the subtext of this movie became way more prevalent once I had a, a greater mind to understand what it was saying. It is a brilliant movie. It is yeah. a very brilliant movie, and I do not begrudge you for having it at your number one.
1: Of course not. It's just it's just brilliant filmmaking, I have to say, and the, and sort of the expressionistic aspect of how we are, he's able to. Uh, the cinematic embodiment of the whatever's going on in that head of that person and sort of the grind of where he's at it's just yeah and then also the sort of the how in another movie the Jody Foster character would be you know we I like the fact that we get sort of a cynical perspective of what that trope would be like that he needs that he feels he needs to save her but that character is not interested in being saved at all And that those of acidness that just makes it even more dark and impactful uh and and it's another Scorsese exploration of sort of uh, violence you know uh in a very in a very I mean that uh, this sounds cliche because it is it's just it's a cinematic you know what I mean I also watched it at a very uh not a very young age but I mean like um uh, it's the sort of movie i had to go i i kept thinking about like i knew i hadn't understood everything that was being that that, that i had seen but i kept thinking about i kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it and i feel that when you watch it now even though you might get certain things you still it's it's still able to get under your skin cuz just it's just such a masterful use of the of the medium
2: you know, yeah. it's int- it's interesting. Uh, one of the movies I watched yesterday uh, was Scorsese's movie right before this one that also has Jodie Foster in it, which is Alice uh-huh. Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and yep. uh, which kind of blew my mind. It was like a Scorsese movie. I, I like. I, I would never have pictured this to have been a the kind of movie that Scorsese would make. I mean, it basically becomes a pilot episode for the sh- TV show Alice
1: uh alice was based on this movie right yeah you know that yeah
2: and uh (laughs) and so anyways i found all that interesting but um but yeah i think scorsese is doing uh doing something here that is way ahead of its time and exploring this kind of character study um this is the same character study obviously we're doing in joker or you know some of these other you know movies that that come out about you know uh kind of that uh, anarchist, uh, you know, mindset. And he's doing it in the mid-70s and, you know, drawing attention to a certain type of person that I don't think the movies had, you know, ever really uh, put front and center like that before. And so, yeah, I think there's, there's some really interesting things going on here in Taxi Driver. I think
3: there's a fear of making a movie about a character like this because sure. you would have to walk a very fine line to make it not seem like you're... Uh, a proponent or advocating for a character like this, you know, instead mm-hmm. of shining a light and saying there are people out there like this, it, it, it could very easily lean into uh, look how cool this guy is. Well, and there's certainly know? a segment because, of
2: society that takes these movies like that too.
3: And, yes, uh, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying that there are, yeah. uh, that there aren't, but uh, it's just that uh, it, it, it can be very difficult. I imagine to make a movie to where, the mass majority of people would come away uh, looking like that. And I think that that is kind of where I didn't fall in this category, but I think that's where Joker uh, fell short because I think a lot of people uh, did come away with looking at thinking of how cool the Joker is, but I think that there's just a nostalgia for that character as opposed to it being a unique, original Mm. person that it made it more difficult for people to go, Oh, the Joker's awesome, man, let's go watch a movie about the Joker. Uh, but whenever you really watch that movie, I don't think that that is really what the uh the reason for that story to be told was exactly the same here uh this movie you're not supposed to like this guy you're supposed to try and is understand a uh a bad word because this movie's like why is this guy doing the thing he's doing and you are right. wanting to know why I don't know if Because understand and empathize can sometimes get, you know, intertwined. But I don't think that you're trying to empathize with this character. You're just trying to understand him.
1: I feel that that's why, I mean, like, the power, part of the power of this movie, besides the the brilliant filmmaking, is that that we're talking in a moment in the 70s where sort of the the crazies were able to infiltrate the the studios. Like, the studios did not know yet what, you know, this was, you know, they hadn't figured out the summer blockbuster, so they gave all these directors so i, I the, the 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 script is not interested in your empathy or understanding it just wants no. it's like a it's like a deep dive into the malice of this character right. where, and you, and it's up to you to decide how you feel about it which is very grown up and very like it, it doesn't happen you you have everything needs to be chopped up and served and, and be labeled and this movie doesn't do do that and that's why it's even more powerful now yeah. Where we sort of, like, meet all these boundaries and assign all these rules to storytelling.
2: Yep. Uh, all right. My number one is Inside Man. Uh, Andrew, that was your number two, I believe. Two. Um yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about this movie even recently in a Best Ever Challenge. Uh, yeah, best Denzel Washington yep. movies, wasn't it? Yep. When we I think
3: we both had it at number one. I think we may <laughs> think have. we did. I think we may have yeah. both
2: had it at number one. Uh, and, and yeah, and during that week, I had rewatched it and I, I continue to stand by uh, just how brilliant this movie is and uh, you know spike has has done an inc- incredible job in this thing at I, I just I continue to be really impressed by the magic trick of the whole thing um, I think he he brilliantly layers in obvious clues to something you still don't necessarily pick up and I just I just think it's brilliantly structured I think the performances are great um it's just one of the best heist movies of all time it's just it is the best heist movie of all time it's great it's just a great film and uh it is my number yeah. one
3: yeah um I think I said this last time uh I like it more than the ocean movies because it's a heist movie that seems viable that they're not spending three million dollars to make five million dollars you know they're not have, it's not You know, giant, elaborate, you know, structures that they built to try and fool everybody. It's more uh, plausible. And uh, I don't think I talked about how good Clive Owen was in last week, or last time we talked about this. Mm -hmm. Just how calm and sure of himself he is, you know. And that really... uh, Because in any other hands, that Denzel Washington performance would make... uh, another, I guess you could say, a burglar or robber uh, nervous. But the yeah. fact that he still remains calm with how charismatic Denzel Washington is makes you so sure he's going to get away with this because he has the answer to everything. And on top of all that, you have this incredibly fascinating side plot with Jodie Foster and Christopher Plummer. And you are just like, what? How did... I am getting, it's icing on the cake. If that story with her wasn't in this movie, I think it would be a great movie. Uh, but with it, I think it's a phenomenal, brilliant movie. Yeah. Because it adds so many other layers to the story. It adds uh, race. It adds, uh, uh, especially race in this movie, it adds... Uh, this story of trust and truth and uh, who you can actually believe in and stuff like that, it's its such a good movie. I do not, for one second, uh, begrudge you for having it at your number one, although you're both wrong, because <laughs> my number one is Silence of the Lambs, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's the thing. Uh, Jonathan Dim, the way he shoots this movie, the way he has, like, full-on, like, Staring at the camera shots makes some of those scenes, especially with Anthony Hopkins, so chilling uh, because it'll what sw- uh, you know you have the the Farber beans and the Chianti scene, mm-hmm. but then it'll cut immediately to Jodie Foster and you can just see how she just like wants to pull away from this guy, but she can't. Um, I heard so much about about this movie before I actually saw it that I was surprised to know that Hannibal Lecter wasn't the, uh, the first time I saw it anyway, wasn't the villain. I mean, yes, he is the, a villain, but he's not the... Uh, he's not the, the antagonist. Main guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not the antagonist. It's Buffalo Bill. And I was, like, so confused when I was first watching it. I was like, am I watching the wrong movie? Is this, like, a sequel or something? Like, he's already in jail. What's going on? Should I go back and watch one where he wasn't, you know? and uh, But then I realized that he is the... Uh, uh, sending in a uh i forget i forget the the analogy but it's like if you want to catch uh a, i'll just throw out animals a snake you got to send in another snake to like get it or something like that mm-hmm. like it's the uh you need evil to catch evil fight fire with
2: fire kind of thing yeah
3: yeah exactly and uh the way uh again this movie has great subtext where you have Jody Foster who's you know a young up and comer but she has to deal with uh, wherever she goes, misogyny she has to deal with uh, all these people demeaning her not because not just because of her gender but also her youth and her uh, physical stature. she's very small compared to everybody else like I think the movie starts off like after she's running she gets in the elevator with yep. all those guys and you That's only see after their shoulders because she's so tiny. It's the last
1: credit. It's I think it, it holds the credit of, of of the director, but it's the last shot of the before the credits go out. Yeah,
3: yeah, and uh, it just it makes you it uh, Jonathan does Jonathan Dimm does a really good job of making you feel like you are meek because you, we we are no because we we know we have the knowledge of you know the the audience, so she's not meek or you know uh, scared or, you know, timid or anything like that. We know she's going to be awesome, but the movie does a really good job of making you feel like that's how possibly she feels about herself, you know, and that not only is she trying to solve this case throughout the movie, but she's also trying to prove herself. Uh, yes. Uh, Jodie Foster's great. Yes. Anthony Hopkins gives one of the most famous performances of all time. And, uh, we also got to throw out some love for Buffalo Bill. I forget his real name. It's. uh... Ted
1: Levine, I think.
3: Yep, I think that's right. it. Yep, Ted Levine. Uh, whoo! What a creepy, creepy character. Uh,
2: Buffalo yeah. Bill. I don't have. I mean, you covered pretty much all of it. Uh, I don't know that I have a lot to say other than it is Jonathan Demi, right? Isn't Isn't the director's... Yeah, Jonathan Demi. Yeah. Demi. Yeah. Yeah. Demme.
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Demme. Was I saying uh, Dem? Yeah. Yeah. I may yeah. have been yeah. saying Dem. Yeah, yeah. Instead of Demi.
1: No, it's uh. It, it, Hopkins is on screen for seventeen minutes, which is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And speaking to, I was actually because because it was the anniversary of uh, uh, of this film, the thirtieth anniversary, because it came out on Valentine's Day, and I was actually, I was actually really, yeah, it came out on Valentine's what? Day nineteen nineteen ninety one, and because movies open in Puerto Rico a, a day before, movies open here in Puerto Rico on Friday. I actually saw it on Thursday, February thirteenth opening like first showing i i went to i went to this movie and the brilliance of it is it's like it it, like you said that because this is something demi does in every movie which i quickly bothered my wife i was like look he looking at the camera like he does it in married to the mob and he does it in philadelphia when everybody takes the stand but with this one the reason like he literally hopkins gets inside your head because when he does that pob and he's just standing there He's literally talking to you, the audience, and and you That's have it. been told you have been told you don't want Hannibal Lecter in your head, and he's mm-hmm. f- in your head. Sorry, mm-hmm. PG thirteen, you'll bleep me out later. <laughs> uh, I, I just got a little bit overexcited uh, here. Well, yes, uh, because it's brilliant. It's freaking, it's freaking brilliant. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. You're well, good. Well,
3: Scott Scott Glenn does this thing where we know Scott Glenn is this really stoic powerful guy but at the beginning of the movie you see that he is scared of hannibal Lecter, uh, uh, as jack crawford and just you're like whoa if if, uh, if scott glenn is scared of this guy what how am i supposed to react to him you know
1: no but it's also a really interesting also like women and in, in, in a world of men because the scott glenn yes. character do- doesn't get away scot scott free sorry for the pun uh, hey, hey we do not apologize well,
2: for puns around here. Juan. it's yeah. hey, look, it's one <laughs> expletive
1: and one pun uh, in a row. Like I think I'm, I'm exceeding my stay in this podcast. Um, anyway, because he sends her as bait, like he literally baits. He knows he's sending this this young female unprepared into the mouth of, of the devil, and mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing. He's actually seducing Lecter through the Jodie Foster character, yeah. In, in, yeah. In, in, in in a way. But it's also what makes the movie transcend that part of it. Is sort of the hero's journey. Like she doesn't think, which is what you were mentioning. She might not thought that she was a hero when she goes down there, but she definitely graduates to that level. You know, when she literally gets thrown in the pit with the other with the other victims. So it's just yeah. there's some very smart storytelling there uh, that it all gets brilliantly structured in this movie. So yeah.
3: yeah. Uh- Fun fact is that uh, Anthony Hopkins, you said, is on uh, screen for 17 minutes. Uh, that is the shortest amount of time a character is on screen until right. Mahershala Ali uh, that a character won for Best Supporting Actor. Shortest time mm-hmm. on screen. Um, another thing that I just now realized, and I've, I, it's one of those... Do you ever have a moment where like, you realize something, but you've known it all along kind of a thing? Sure. Where, yeah... Uh, the example is I just now realized, but I've known all along, is that yes, Hannibal Lecter eats people in a literal sense, but also in a metaphorical sense in the fact that he eats you for who you are. Like this entire movie, he's he's eating uh, Claire Starling, you know, mm-hmm. or Clarice Starling. He's eating who she is. He's eat. He's in, He's devouring what makes her her like whenever he is whenever she's finally talking about the lambs you know and being slaughtered and stuff you just see in his eyes like he is he is just enjoying this meal of like it's like his dessert and he's like oh thank you like whenever she gets done and he and he says thank you it's like his way of saying i'm full you know uh, i've had my full fill yeah uh, there, what a, yeah what a happy delightful movie yes Funs it's just it's all family.
2: wonderful uh the chat yeah. for valentine's for valentine's <laughs> day happy valentine's day uh the chat does correct us uh he won for best lead performance
1: in 17 yeah he minutes won on lead. Screen. yeah he won lead. What?
2: crazy he won best lead actor yeah, being that, in a movie for thing. 17 he, minutes
1: he, that's why i brought it up because it's 17 minutes oh. but he was definitely a lead in the movie yeah because because he is in our heads even when he's not on screen mm-hmm. uh, you know Hannibal is there so it's like Wild. that's why it, 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 we we feel his presence throughout the whole movie yeah. which is why we it, it was never argued like there's all these discussions about who gets to go to supporting and, it, and when they campaigned for Hopkins for lead there was no question like nobody protested yeah no, they did yeah. the whole 17 minutes like probably like i don't know like 10 years ago like nobody No, nobody spoke to that at the time. It wasn't a controversy or anything. Uh, Well,
3: guys, uh, I just got to say that my number one did win Best Picture. Aaron, (laughs) yours wasn't even nominated, and uh, Taxi Driver didn't win. So obviously, I'm right. And
1: and if you you want to gloat, not only did it win Best Picture, it's one of the few uh, movies that swept all major categories because it won Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress. Uh, best director and then best uh screenplay adaptation screenplay. and and there's very very few that had swept all those uh Major I think what it means so, at the
2: end of the day is everybody should trust your opinion on the Mauritanian more than ours. I think is uh, <laughs> that's
3: exactly the Mauritanian is just as good as silence of the land. Listen, yeah, I don't that's know how we exactly, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Um, wait a minute!
1: You're gonna make you're gonna make me curse again. What do you say? Uh, oh. Honorable
2: mentions. Um, I have a couple uh, candle shoe. I don't know if you guys ever saw the Disney movie Candleshoe. Yeah, Shoe. it's a lot yeah, of fun. No, it's a lot of
1: one. fun. Um, yeah, she did good with her Disney run, I have to say. Yeah, she, she did really a lot of is
2: a uh, really interesting <laughs> child, uh, like legit child star actress, and mm-hmm. then, you know, legit adult star actress as well. So, um, uh, Candleshoe, Maverick, uh, I thought was worth mentioning, and Flight Plan, I would uh, mention as well as other good uh, movies that, that uh, Jodie Foster is in. Andrew, did you have any other uh, honorable mentions?
3: Uh, these are movies I enjoyed I don't know if they're good They're probably not good But I had fun <laughs> watching them uh, Elysium It's not a good movie But it's entertaining Okay uh, <laughs> Artemis Fowl I It's unique and interesting uh, you, mean you mean Hotel Artemis?
2: You mean Hotel Artemis?
3: I'd say Artemis Fowl didn't I? Yeah, yeah Hotel yeah. Artemis Okay yeah. Artemis Fowl is just straight up a bad movie She's not in that <laughs> movie But I have to let people know Artemis Fowl is a horrible horrible movie um, and then one more that I wanted to throw out, uh, it's better
1: than, it's better than the moratorium.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, those, them are fighting words. Uh, I'll go, I'll go with, uh, the beaver. It's a sure. stupid, stupid movie, but I, I had she, fun watching she, it.
1: She directed that one. Um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, she also going,
3: directed that one too. Yeah.
1: I am going to mention one she also directed, which is actually currently on HBO Max if you haven't seen it. And it came out the same year that Silence of the Lambs came out. As Little Man Tate is actually her first feature. Yep. Uh, it's a very in- interesting interesting movie that she she directed. So I'm going to throw that out. And I'm also going to throw out Foxes, which is when she sort of left uh, Disney behind and worked with Adrian Lin. Uh, yeah. It was sort of her transitional, transitional period from uh, child to adult.
2: Yeah. Very nice. Well, there you go. There's the best ever Jodie Foster movies. Uh, let's finish out with our buried treasure, guys. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go first? What's your buried treasure for this week?
3: Oh, man. Uh, there's a new show out starring Alan Tudyk that everybody needs to start mm-hmm. watching called Resident Alien. This show is hilarious. It is so good. Alan Tudyk is hes just one of the funniest people on the planet, and the way that he becomes this character the way he performs it's just so so perfect this is a show that can be enjoyed by everybody because there's there's a side get there's a side plot with him and it's like 10 year old kid that is so fun because it he's supposed to be this insanely brilliant alien you know and uh, he, he looks like a human to everybody else except for this 10 year old kid who can actually see what he looks like <laughs> and it's it's so good because he to everybody else he's brilliant but this little kid calls him out on some stupid stuff and it really gets under his it really gets under his skin like uh he just like, there's a line in the show where he's like I'm gonna shout from the highest tower in town that you're crazy and then the kids like there are no towers in this town. You're an idiot. You thought <laughs> towers were in this town. And he's like, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I was just seeing if you thought that there were towers in town. It, it's stupid stuff like that that really makes the show beautiful. The side characters in this, besides Alan Tudyk, are all great. It is so funny. Everybody needs to watch it
2: uh i watched uh all the episodes of that uh this week so i and i am right there with you uh i think the show is great um and i as well as a is a uh as a Tudic fan i'm glad to see him you know yeah doing some some fun stuff some interesting stuff so yeah check it out resident alien really is uh, funny. a funny that's sci-fi channel i believe is where it is um yeah and i found you can
3: also a- watch it on a
1: peacock no, you definitely you definitely sold it. I am very interested in really it, it.
2: It's really funny. It's really clever
1: fun. and funny and and it's good stuff. And I like him I, I like him a lot. so yeah, definitely writing that one down.
2: Uh, speaking yeah. of great kid performances, fun kid performances, although this is uh, not a comedy, uh, I wanted to mention for My buried Treasure Palmer. Um, this is out on uh, Apple TV Uh, and we have not reviewed it on the show, but I did want to mention that I did see it. And, uh, Justin Timberlake stars. I think Timberlake is great in this. I really do think he's a good, uh, good actor, but I really believe the star in this is writer Alan, the kid. Um, he is so, so perfect in this movie. And I think he really sells the themes and message of this movie in a way that elevates the material. This is a pretty basic movie in a lot of ways. It works. It definitely worked on me, but I think one of the main reasons is how much I love this kid. Um, so, yeah.
3: Yeah. He, he's I've heard a lot of praise for his
1: performance. He's nominated for the Critics' Choice Awards, of Best mm-hmm. Young Performer. Yeah. Uh, which I'm glad because he's sort of like, any other year, he might have gotten a, a little bit more love than just that, that, that nomination. Yeah. Uh, and I cannot stand Timberlake personally, but he is very good as a performer. So it's a tribute to how good he is that, that I am agreeing with you. Like, yeah, he's really good. He's really, <laughs> yeah. he's re- really good in this. And this is directed by Fisher Stevens, which yeah. a lot of people might just remember him as the Indian guy in the short circuit movies. Or oh, from, man. Uh, Let's not remember uh, him as that. That is. That is yeah. <laughs> or from Lost. He was also in Lost. There we he go. Now we're getting better. In my. He was also in my science project. He's actual. Uh, he's also an Academy Award winner uh, yeah. for a short short documentary. Uh, and he dated Michelle Pfeiffer in the '90s, which is why I hate him. But you know, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he does really good.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right, finish this off, Juan. What's your uh, buried treasure?
1: Well, my segue into hating Fisher Stevens because he dated uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. It is a Michelle Pfeiffer movie called <laughs> Where Is Ki- Where Is Kira. It debuted in Sundance in, in uh, 2017. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because there is a lot of... The whole, it's kind of hard for somebody uh, the, who reached the stature of star. like There's a lot of... like She's a very underrated actress. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me. And she gives a fantastic performance in, in this. It's her first sort of independent movie that she does. She plays... Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because it sort of correlates with French Exit, which is a movie that, she, that, that they're chatting about her for awards this year. And it's a, a move, uh, about a, a woman who is living with her mother uh, and had no way of sustaining herself. And then when her mother dies, it's sort of, she spirals even darker. So it, it, the photography is phenomenal. And it clearly illustrates why she was born to be in front of, of the camera. Um, so I don't know if either of you have that had had the opportunity. It's a very 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 dark bleak drama, uh, but uh, but she's fantastic in it. So I just like I, I, I don't know as somebody who's been following her career since 1982 in Greece too. It's sort of like like this weekend the internet went nuts over something that uh, from Batman Returns. I just feel yeah. like a lot of people had not been paying attention to how great consistently great she's been in a lot of stuff so uh, that's why i decided to throw it out there in the very treasure. hey
2: we're all about the uh, michelle pfeiffer love here uh she does incredible work and i i think she is um continuously underrated and i don't know why i i just i i don't know if this just hasn't hit with a lot of people but
1: i just feel that we that, that it never fails which actually bothers me it, it, somebody always has to bring bring up like how beautiful she is right you know what i mean right and, and, and every everybody's just freaking distracted by that when she's actually... Uh, that doesn't happen to Julianne Moore. It doesn't happen to a lot of other actresses, but I don't know why. It sort of seems to be like the thing that people can't just get past. Right. And she confines... Expect, like like people were like... Um, a journalist was like mentioning, oh my God, like you followed, followed up Scarface with Married to the Mob, which is not true, actually. There's a solid uh, six years between those two movies. Uh, Scarface is in 1983... Marriage of the Mob is 88, which is another Jonathan Demi movie. Uh, that, that, that it's a fantastic movie, but in between those, there was like Lady Hawk, Into the Night, there were Witches of East Week, and there's all different characters. So, um, so yeah, she's uh, her ability to uh, confine expectations is just very impressive.
2: Well, there you go. Where is Kyra? Uh, do you know if it's streaming anywhere or available to watch, or how would you
1: I, go about finding it? Do I, you think? I, I think you can rent it. You can. I think you can rent it. I, okay. I don't, it's not streaming, but you can definitely rent it uh, where you buy and rent movies.
2: All right. Well, there you go. There's a buried treasure. Well, we did it, guys. Congratulations. Woo! We uh, we Yay! we set out on the journey with the destination of doing a podcast in mind. But you know what? That wasn't really what it was all about. It was all about the moments <laughs> within the journey itself. Is what this podcast was all about. Thank you so much for joining us today for Cif pop It is part of the Studio DNA podcast network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing both the video and audio shows. Hey, Phil! Woo-hoo! Thanks to Drew for putting together the graphics for the video show. Golf clap. And, and thank you. Uh for hanging out with us again.
1: Uh, Juan, thanks for being it's here. A, it's a pleasure, even though I broke some rules this time around. But, <laughs> you're you know. uh, you're nah.
2: fine. Hey, it'd be PG-13 <laughs> movies get one F word. So, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, I yeah. know. Hey. <laughs> maybe we're still good. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about where people can find you.
1: Well, now I have a very complicated, long uh, uh, his, uh, Hispanic last name, but actually, it's easier now because in my Twitter handle, you can find me by Wandavision J U A Wandavision, <laughs> which nice. is totally easy to it, easy to find me. And then there, you, I can throw you links to all my the interviews and Instagram and all the uh, all the fun stuff that I uh, I am doing every week.
2: Very That's nice. I feel very grateful for. Uh, search for a Wandavision on Twitter, is. or if you're watching the live show right now. Uh, the Twitter address is in front of you. Uh, no, that is correct. Let us also thank the amazing Sifpop members uh, for supporting this. Uh, support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks. Uh, you can find out more at patreon.com/sifpop. Lots of ways you can interact with the podcast. You can leave a comment. You can rate it. You can also leave a review, uh, whether that's at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, um, or you can email us feedback at siftpop.com if you have any questions for us or anything you want uh to send to us and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than saying the word penguin if you're benedict cumberbatch uh (laughs) we will be back next week uh i think we'll be reviewing cherry i think that drops uh next week as well as maybe we're going to take a look at barb and star finally Uh, here on the show. So uh, those will possibly be the two reviews next week. Either way, we will see you then.